You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Happy New Year, everybody. Welcome to the Antler Up Podcast brought to you by Tether, the world's best saddle hunting gear. We got a great show for you all today. What's up, everybody? Welcome to this week's episode of the Antler Up Podcast. We're on episode 206. Man, happy new year to you all. Hopefully you enjoyed a nice little break over the holidays. And on this week's episode, I was joined by Dan Johnson. Dan is the founder of the Sportsman's Empire that hosts not only the Antler Up podcast, but over 20 awesome other podcasts. He's also the owner of Full Sneak Gear, which is a lifestyle clothing brand geared geared that is really towards us hunters. And the other aspect of Dan that I find extremely relatable is that he is a family man and a diehard bow hunter. So I wanted to have Dan on the show to really talk about and discuss some current happenings in his life, but also to hear his take on what it means and really what it takes to be successful. So tune in, enjoy this episode with Dan. Dan, thanks again for coming on and everything that you do for all of us uh, podcasters over on the Sportsman's Empire. Also want to just say thank you to you all for tuning in, following along, downloading everything, writing those reviews, and following and, and subscribing to everything Antler Up. Man, it just really means the world to me. Really appreciate it. Shout out to Ed over at Our Grounds Coffee Company with the Antler Up Allegheny Ambush Coffee. We're all sold out. It's done. Uh, maybe we'll do another something over in the spring for turkey season. But for right now, I just wanted to do something, collaborate with with Ed. That's done. And those of you that purchased, thank you from the bottom of my heart. It means a lot to me. So thanks again, everybody. Make 2024 the best one yet for you. You'll hear Dan talk about some discipline. Get some for 2024. Enjoy this episode. Antler up. Tether is a team of saddle hunting fanatics with a passionate addiction to whitetail hunting. Designing and engineering products to be a more efficient and confident hunter, Tether produces the most mobile, stealthy, and safest elevated hunting gear on the planet. Built by saddle hunters for the saddle hunter. Head over to tethernation.com to see for yourself what exactly I'm talking about. America's Best Bowstrings has been manufacturing high-quality custom bowstrings in the USA since 2006. America's Best Bowstrings strives on the commitment to never end the search for perfection, and this has been the driving force behind the company. Innovative products for every archer out there. Go create a custom set today at americasbestbowstrings.com. And a special code is made for our listeners of the Antler Up podcast for America's Best Bowstrings. Use code ANTLERUP and you will save $10 off your order. Spartan Forge stands at the nexus of machine learning and whitetail deer hunting to deliver truly intuitive and science-based products that saves the hunter time spent scouting, planning, and executing their hunts. You have deer prediction, journaling, and the best maps on any hunting app platform there is. Use code ANTLERUP to save 20% off your Spartan Forge membership at spartanforge.ai. 
Welcome back, everybody, to the show this week. I'm joined by the ruler of the Sportsman's Empire, host of Nine Finger Chronicles and the Hunting Gear Podcast, Mr. Dan Johnson from Iowa. Dan, it's a pleasure, and it's great to have you back on, man. Good morning. I usually do these like at nine. Yeah. So it's a bit of a change doing one this early. Uh, but, but dude, if I'm going to do it for anybody, it's going to be you. Oh, man, I, I appreciate that. And I just want you to know, I want to begin this episode, Dan, by just saying that I want you to know that I think you're so brave for coming out the way you did to Tony the other day and that I'm here for you. All right. Man, I, uh, thank you. Yeah. It's good to have, it's good to have a support group, yep. especially when, when you make a big life change like that. How about it? So for those that, uh, maybe that didn't catch it, uh, Dan, explain, explain what happened. I, I basically have never shot it. I've, I've shot one deer with a gun my whole life. It could have been two and it was on a deer drive. Like 2005 I think it was or 2006 something like that and it was like uh two uh I can't remember if it was one or two it was like the it was so insignificant that it didn't matter to me um I think it was one doe with a shotgun during a deer drive and that that was the last time I shot a deer with a gun okay then about a week ago yeah I think it was like a week ago today I went to a Shields and ended up uh, buying a muzzle loader. So this late season, I usually hunt late season with a bow. This late season, I'm going to pick up a muzzle loader and see what kind of situation I can get myself into. That's awesome. So uh, explain to me, just because uh, I'm not really familiar. I know you get you get two buck tags in, in Iowa, like for that, like being in a resident. Well, so in Iowa, tag allocation goes like this. Uh, archery tag mm -hmm. statewide. I can go anywhere I want. I can shoot any, any buck I want. Uh, two is if I'm a landowner, then I can also get what they call a landowner's tag, uh, only for residents. Mm -hmm. That's that tag is not available to non-resident landowners. And then the third option is you, then you get a firearm, then you get a firearm uh, tag and that, and that tag, uh, can be used either during one of the shotgun seasons or during one of the muzzleloader seasons. And you can buy that tag late season because it's considered a primitive weapons tag. So I can use a muzzleloader. I could, if I wanted to, I could use a crossbow or I could use a, uh, a, a bow or a traditional bow, you know, whatever, as long as, as long as it is considered um, primitive. Yeah. Nice. That's yeah. pretty cool. The, the, uh, does that change up any of your what you plan to do during this time frame having a having a muzzle loader in your hand compared to a bow? Uh, it just means I'm going to be able to sit a little further out, you know, put myself into a position where I'm going to be shooting openings and you know things like that. Yeah. Hey, dude, do you mind if I hijack your show for just one minute? Go for it. One or two minutes. Okay. So, how many kids do you got? So one and one on the way. One and one on the way. How old is the the one that nine. you have now? Nine. Nine. Okay, nine. So there are they out of the elf on the shelf stage, or, or are you still doing the elf on the? Do you do the elf on the shelf? Surprisingly, so uh, we do. We've we do it uh, differently, I guess you could say. Surprisingly, my daughter is still uh, believing, or she makes a pretty good uh, acting job that she does believe. Just because we live in a small town, I would think by now someone in our area would be like, yo, that shit is not real type of ordeal to her. But, um, so we do it. It's a, we do a kindness self. So we make up like a month thing of advance in advance where we just say like today, like go play with someone new at recess or say hi to whoever. Um, and we yeah. don't really do like kind of crazy things like with it more so, but yeah. Because if I could tra time travel, I would probably kill that person. And yeah. I'm not a, about violence, mm -hmm. but I would go back in time to the guy who was like, hey, I got this great idea. It's called Elf on the Shelf. I would I would beat him down and just yeah. sit on top of him and beat him and beat him and beat him. Because <laughs> that is the most annoying thing a parent has to do during the Christmas season is – it's like 
I'm laying in bed and the last thing that pops into my head is, oh shit, you forgot. I didn't move. I forgot. Or it's, you know, it's in the morning and I'm, and I, you know, I, I'm going out to get my cup of coffee and I hear my kids coming up the stairs and I'm like, oh shit, did I move the elf? <laughs> and then I'm running around the house, like knocking over furniture and shit like that to grab this damn elf and then throw it in a corner somewhere and be like oh where's he at this morning let's go look and he's like in a corner yeah. on the floor somewhere <laughs> dangled upside yeah. down. yeah <laughs> yeah yeah freaking hate that thing man. i know well th- last night my wife and i like i said she's she's due here to pop so her patience and everything is pretty thin and just like very emotional state and i <laughs> i came up i recorded a podcast late last night and i i came up and she was like, okay, so I need you to move it. I was like, okay, well, that's easy enough. And we got, we gave her like chocolate little coins, right? But I mm-hmm. guess we also put out plastic coins for her to find this morning just as a little thing yeah. to do with it. And I was like, okay, let, that's fine. And the note said, just, hey, we scattered five coins out like around the house, like find them. And there's these chocolate coins sitting there. Well, I didn't no, there was two sets of coins. Like I just thought they okay. were, and I walked upstairs and my wife's in bed. She's like, did you move, move the elf or I need you to move the elf. I was like, okay. So I grabbed the elf and I go, well, there's still coins on the countertop. And she's like, I know there are five more, you know, like the, I know Margot type of ordeal from <laughs> Christmas vacation. I'm like, I'm just saying like, give me, give me a break here. I just got done recording. I don't care. I'm just like this freaking elf. The same, same thing. Like what you said, it just, it's, it's nonsense. Dude, I think I'm I'm gonna be I'm really close to writing a note that just says, "Hey, had to go back to the North Pole for the next week and a half. See ya," and then just put it right back into the drawer that it's been at yep, all year. Yep, exactly. Oh my gosh, it's so funny that it's just funny to hear these uh, relatable stories. And oh man, it's funny. Say one more thing. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, Dude, I hate Christmas music. <laughs> Dude, I don't like Christmas music. I'm with you. Yep. Like it was literally three days before Thanksgiving this year, and I hopped in the car, and there's there's Thanksgiving music, and I feel like everybody gets real excited around Christmas time, but I sink into like this. I don't I don't want to call it a depression, but I'm definitely like a bah humbug Ebenezer Scrooge type person. Like I we always had Christmas presents growing up Mm -hmm. as a kid. And, but we didn't have much. Okay. So it was just something very simple, like usually one toy and then a stocking stuffer. And then it was like, that's when you got your socks and underwear for the next 365 days and things like that. And so, you know, my parents always made sure we, we had toys or presents for Christmas, but it wasn't like today's world. Right. Holy shit. You should see my my kids Christmas list. It was like, it's unrealistic even for an adult. Oh, right. Yeah. I I would like, if I wanted to get them everything on the list, I would have to pick up another job just for an entire year, just to afford this stuff. Now, cause you're, how old is your daughter? She's 10. She's 10. So, and then your boys are, my boys are eight and six. Okay. So, and they're all in sports now. Do they want like just what's what are their interests? Are they just all over the place with that type of stuff, or is it my so my daughter? It, all her stuff is like girly stuff. Okay. Uh, the, right now for her, this thing called a squishmallow. It's called a squishmallow. Yep. It's yep. basically a stuffed animal. Yep, real soft. She wants a couple of those. She wants these things called mini brands, which is like a McDonald's cheeseburger. Yep. Yep, same but here. it's shrunk all the way down to like the size of a dime. Yep. Okay. There's that. And then oh, my son, my oldest son, he's a sports freak. So he had like 10 NFL football players jerseys <laughs> on a list and then a PS five. And then like, I do, I think he even put like a McLaren, oh my uh, gosh. like car, like dad, can I get a McLaren? I'm like, dude, are, are you serious? Right now, because this is, you got to be joking, right? You're telling me you're joking. No, man, someday can you buy me a McLaren? I'm like, no, dude. No, I'm never going to buy you a car. (laughs) See that 2005 Nissan Titan that's sitting in the driveway that you can see all the way through the fenders because of the rust? Yeah, that's going to be your first vehicle. That's your, (laughs) (laughs) And then my, my youngest son, he's like in, he's straight video game mode. He's six years old. He wants 
he wants some coloring books and then he wants like a PS five and then he lists oh like God. 30 games. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, that's 500 bucks. So I don't know. We'll see. I just, here's what I do. I transferred a certain amount of money into my wife's, uh, into the family checking account. And right. I said, I am not transferring any more money yep. this entire Christmas season. So you get this, you spread it as thick or as thin as you want. And uh, from there, it is what it I'm, is. I'm not, I'm not, yeah, I'm not doing it anymore. Yeah. My daughter is, is in the same boat as your daughter, like with the things, the only thing that she would add to that, I would say was the slime stuff. Like now the, oh, yeah. you know, slime and so slime kits, all that jazz, but yeah, stuff I, that's really fun to clean out of the carpet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. I know, dude, it's, it's funny just because I, I was talking to Cody Jenkins last night from the whitetail legacy podcast and Cody, Cody's a really good dude. And he, we were just like saying, it wasn't really, we talked a little bit about hunting, but we were talking about like, he coaches young youth sports and, and I like the way he, he goes, dude, I got four kids. He goes, we kind of, my wife and I, we, we just embrace the chaos, right? He goes oh, like, yeah. he goes, well, I'm passing a football 10 yards and we're practicing over the shoulder passes. And, you know, he goes, my wife's just sitting there like thinking you're, you're going, you're doing like legit drills in the house into the kitchen. He goes, I'll put, he goes, he goes, we put things on our ceiling fan that we try to knock down. I'm like, okay, yeah, that is a bunch of chaos. <laughs> Wild animals, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but he, but he goes, but you know, I have to appreciate the patience. He goes, but what's funny he goes, when I need them to actually maybe settle down, if, if I need to record a podcast or we need to do something, he goes, and they're going crazy. He goes, it's what we, it's what we, uh, bred, you know what I mean? It's like what, yeah. what we embraced and all that stuff. So it's just cool to hear yeah. different dads doing different things. And, uh, I appreciate different perspectives just because there's times where I'll catch myself, like, man, I don't have any patience right now. And it's like, calm down, yeah. dude. It's okay. You know, you got one, you have one kid. I got well, one kid. Soon to, soon yeah. to be one thing that pisses me off the most is whenever we hang out, there's a couple of, uh, my wife's friends, or some some people that I know that have either no kids yeah. or they have like one kid and they're like, I am so busy all the time. I just, I can't find time in the day. I'm like, are you crazy? Like, <laughs> shut up. You yeah. don't know anything right. right now. Like add two more kids with full schedules, you know, like, and then add in fighting and like you, so it's like, I have no time, but I get 10 hours of sleep a night, you know? Yeah. Right. What? Yeah. what? yeah. Yeah. I'm anxious to see what your next couple of years will be like, because my brother-in-law, so yeah, my wife's uh, brother, he, Riley just turned 13, the oldest. Mm -hmm. Cade is, I think about to be 11. And then Duke is, will, will be eight this year. So like just a couple, yeah. that next couple of years older, but the boys are into hockey uh, mm -hmm. Kade does like really good competitive gymnastics type stuff. And then oh. they are just traveling nonstop. I mean, Philadelphia for one weekend and they're in Pittsburgh and then they're up in New York and, and that's just for the hockey. And then Cade's going yeah. all over the place for gymnastics. It's a lot. Like I, yeah. phew, I can only imagine. I mean, you know, that's why I said, at least the boys are, are doing the same thing with hockey and, and you just mm -hmm. have Kade doing her own thing, but it's a lot, man. Yeah. We're right now we're in the thick of it, dude. We got, uh, my, my, my daughter is in wrestling three or four times a week, depending on if there's a tournament yep. and then dance on Wednesdays. My son is in basketballs, two days, basketball, two days a week, wrestling two days a week. My youngest son right now, he's only in wrestling, but, um, we just got him fitted for his travel baseball team. I was going to say, outfit. I remember you talking about how early they were starting with that. Oh yeah. It's going to start. Uh, practices are going to start in January. And so my son is going to be doing, my one son is going to be doing basketball, wrestling and baseball. We might not start him in baseball until after wrestling's over, but gee, many Christmas it is, it's ridiculous. Because when I was in school, and I don't know about you, it was just baseball in the summer, football in the spring, basketball or wrestling in the winter, and then uh, baseball in the spring and summer, right? Mm -hmm. Or, or if, uh, they just started soccer right. when I was in, in high school. And so th those were your only options. There was no club teams. There was no, you know, traveling this or that. It was just like you didn't start sports 
if you were if you were playing soccer baseball it was like for two months in the summer until you got to uh, middle school or high school take the guesswork out of building your own arrows for this upcoming season by ordering a custom set of arrows from exodus outdoor gear they have developed and sourced literally the most precise archery components on earth to build a tailored arrow for your hunting adventures. Just head over to Exodus's website and plug in your specifications in the arrow builder and have your custom set sent straight to your door. You have two arrows to choose from, one being the MMT arrow, which is a 246 diameter shaft, and the new NIS, which is a 204 diameter shaft arrow. Use code AU to save 15% off your tailored arrow order at exodusoutdoorgear.com. Yeah, it's crazy. I I don't know how these kids do it nowadays. I mean, like I said, from being a coach and I would coach kids uh, during the school school year and then we're winding down, we're getting ready for playoffs and they're like, well, I got to get ready for, I'm traveling here. I'm like, whoa, 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 like, what are we doing here? Are we finishing out trying to go win a district championship or are you wanting to go so the to go to some other little tournament down south somewhere uh, it, it, it was frustrating it's it's crazy what yeah. these kids do nowadays absolutely now dan i i want to ask you this because i consider you a successful individual in in the woods and outside the woods you know mm-hmm. and that that's a been a, a topic of mine that i like to talk to certain individuals that i really like you know you put in a lot you're a family guy I, as you can tell obviously you run your own business you're doing you have a lot of irons in fire you got full sneak gear stuff going on which is awesome i love my shirt by the way um you know you you do a lot and you have to fit a lot in into the time frame. And like you were just saying, when certain parents are like, oh, I, I still get 10 and a half hours of sleep. You know, mm-hmm. what does it take to be successful in your, in your, to you right now? That's a good, that's a great question. And I'll, I'll tell you, it's not going to be the question, the, the answer that you think, because I don't think I'm successful right now. And I think that is the reason that I keep moving forward is because I don't think, uh, I, I really shoot for benchmarks, to be honest with you. Okay. And so as I as I drive forward, and this, this is not only relatable to how I approach my business, um, but it's how I hunt as well. So I, I, I have a set of benchmarks that I wanna hit. And once I hit those, then there's automatically new goals and benchmarks that I wanna hit. So I don't ever say, I'm happy with this. Right. And then I settle. Right. I, I, I just, I don't, I'm not wired that way. So when it comes to being busy, right. I have one priority and that is family. I, I have a little motto that I say, and I, it, I'm sure everybody's heard it before, but it's just family over everything. So like, it, you know, I, I, I had to do work last night. Right. But I also, had to take kids to practices and, and, and cook, you know, help cook dinner while my wife took the other kids and moved the other kids around and things like that. So, so first and foremost, family comes first in everything that I do. And it, I think a lot of that has to do with, because I, as I get older, I am more aware of how short life is when you're young and you're in your twenties, you're like, I'm going to live forever. And then you hit like I, I'm 43 now, and you're just like, "Holy shit, man! I, I'm I'm halfway done. Yeah. Statistically, I'm halfway done now, over halfway done. And so, if I live to 86, right, then you know that's it for me. So I got another 40, you know, 40 some years of life left. And so I want to be able to live it as hard and as around the people that I love. I'll be honest, man. I don't have a. I have. I have a couple close friends yeah. just maybe two like and he, the one guy i i've been basically best friends with my entire life he moved into the area and now he from the area that he he got married he had a kid and now he lives across the street from me yeah right so it's not like i i'm i'm and then obviously like guys like you and all the all the people right. from the the network that i i keep in touch with all the time but I just keep my circle really small on that end. And then I, I focus on my family and, and then from a business standpoint, it's just benchmarks. And then I create a, I create a process. The process 
allows me to like, I'm a huge fan of something called lean manufacturing. I don't know if like you're a, you're a shop or your shop teacher, health and PE, health and PE. Okay. So, um, in, in the manufacturing world, there's principles called lean manufacturing, right? And so that means to get as much done as, uh, as much output as humanly possible in the most efficient way possible. Okay. And sometimes that means the cheapest route. Sometimes that means uh, the least amount of effort, meaning uh, like staffing or, you know, one person doing as much as possible. And so that's how I approach my businesses and hunting. It's like, I only have limited time to do this. So I have to be on point when I am doing it. Uh, and, and so then what I do is I, I set these processes up or my strategies even where I am going and I am doing something a certain way. And then when, when I hit that point, then everything else behind me is automatic, right? Especially in running a business. So I can either hand it off to someone and pay them or I, I, I have a routine that I, I do it myself and it just kind of translates over from, and then, and then when you're efficient and then you can either pass stuff off that opens more windows for you to start yeah. other businesses. Right. And so, uh, or uh, do other opportunities and that's like, that's just kind of the goal. Yeah. So within all that, there's, and I think, individuals that like yourself that have the businesses and and doing those things, you have to have that inspiration. You need to have that passion. And I think that comes from, you know, your background, right? Like playing sports and, and obviously the guys that really go gung ho with, with hunting situations, those are the times and, and things where, we have a little bit of uh, cuckoo-ness to us where we are really extremely passionate about something. And I think that's also a key thing is that I, I find it difficult talking to certain individuals where they just don't have some sort of passion. Like I always Mm -hmm. bust on my wife a lot because like, she'll be like, well, you've, you have two degrees. You, you know, you're, you at least are good at almost everything you try, or if you're not good, you could be good type of ordeal. I'm like, Heath, you're a phenomenal writer. Like you, you need to like, she's an English teacher, but she's extremely, extremely smart. She was Valley Victorian, like all that type of stuff. And like, I'm, I don't have the smarts. I have more, mm-hmm. of, I would call it more of that street smart type of ordeal and just life mm-hmm. experiences. Uh, but man, I, when someone doesn't have a passion for something, i I'm like, man, well, like you're missing out. You know what I mean? And yeah. and that's, I think passion and that inspiration and all that stuff is, is really key. Yeah. I, I wouldn't say that I have a, when it comes to my businesses, I don't have a, it's not a passion. Yeah. It is. It, I mean, it is in a way I've, I've generated a business or businesses around what I would call my passion. And it, it has turned into, uh, you know, a lucrative experience for me, right? I, I get to make money doing what I do, but, but when it comes to how I do that, that stuff, how I, uh, address my passion or how I, how I do it. It's like, I don't really believe in motivation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe in discipline because without discipline, you can be as motivated as you want to be, but getting up at, you know, I used to, when I, before, when I, before I was really passionate about hunting it, I, that, you know, that four o'clock rut alarm clock would go off and I'd be like, <clears throat> You know, I'm tired. I'm not going today. Right. When I was, you know, in my early twenties or or late teens after, you know, a a football game or something like that, I'm not going. And so there's a lot of like shooting your bow Mm -hmm. uh, for an example. If you want to be good at anything, you have to have discipline to do everything that you need to, to, in order to be good enough or have the tools skills necessary to accomplish your goal. And and that's where I, I feel like discipline yeah. really plays a role. Yeah. I love that. Discipline is huge. And that, like you said, like even shooting the bow and, and doing those things, hell that even goes into the, actually the heat of the moment. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that was the, that was my goal this year was to just ha- have experiences and go out there and have that discipline to kill. And like I told, like I said to you, that was, you know, being calculated with my, with my, situations and I was 
three for three uh, going into my hunts. Like my first hunt, I yeah. killed. My second hunt, I killed. My third hunt, I killed. And I was like, okay, we're here in the mid-October. Um, and, and the thing, the beauty of that hat for me, Dan, was it didn't put a lot of pressure on me where I was like, I need to go out. I need to go out. It was okay. I spent time with my family. I was a little bit more yeah. calculated. Um, yeah. You know what I mean? And that discipline in those three previous hunts that led to two kills within 10 minutes uh, was, was huge for me. And now, like you said, shooting your bow, being prepared and my mind, that discipline of taking your time and doing all that stuff was a huge, huge factor yeah. in my success this year. Yeah, man. Obviously you have to have boots on the ground, right? Yep. When you, you like boots on the ground, nothing. I, I think I've talked about this, this so much, right? I don't have time to do anything. So I'm lucky that before I had kids, I had like five years of bow hunting where I just went all in right. like 30, 40, 50 days uh, in the woods and then scouting and shed hunting uh, all year, all, all year round. And even when I was turkey hunting, I was looking in the trees and looking for terrain features and things like that. Right. So I did that part of it. Now there's been a shift because I'm too busy with family and businesses to go out and live that type of life. I have to be real efficient with my time. But the one thing that I don't think people do enough, and this is again, in all aspects of life is visualize mm -hmm. what, like, I just, I'm not joking, dude. It must be some kind of mental illness for me, but I literally, if there's any period, my wife the other day, we're driving down the road and I was quiet. The whole family was in the car and they were, they were doing their thing in the back seat. My wife was talking to my daughter and I was just zoned yeah. completely zoned on the road. And my wife goes, what are you thinking about? And she's, I go, Oh, nothing. She goes, no, tell me, what were you thinking about? And I said, on the new property, there's a, a place where this creek runs into a steep bank and I want to know how I need to get in there on a northwest wind to hunt it because I saw a ton of deer um, traveling in and out of this area throughout the entire month and I have a trail camera and, and I just was going on and then so if that doesn't work and I get busted up there then I'm going to have to find another access route or maybe it's just a, a no-go spot for me where the thermals are playing against the predominant wind direction and blah 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 blah, blah and on and on and on and she's like Sorry, I asked, <laughs> but, but, but for me, that's important because yes, you have to scout, but just because you can't be in the woods doesn't mean you can't think about it. Right. So yeah. like this, th this year when I shot my buck, I set that, I set that, uh, stand up in on like November 3rd or something like that. Okay. And I said, dude, I see some east winds in the forecast. I need to plan for an east wind. So I went in there, I set up an east wind uh, set, and that way I can creep right into the woods and get right up into the tree. I'm gonna I'm gonna blow somebody out right like, like right when I get in there to set this stand. But what I did was I drove my truck right up to it and I, or to the timber edge, I left it running. I went into the timber a little ways, set up my, uh, set up my, uh, uh, set and then got back in the truck, drove away. And ultimately that I waited for that East wind. And ultimately long story short, that is, that is how I shot my, that was the set I shot my buck out of this year. Right. And so, and, and I was just thinking about, okay, East wind. Okay. How do I access this farm on the East wind? Okay. Look at this terrain feature. Look at this pinch. How do I access it? What do I think the wind is going to do? Because as you know, especially hunting hill country, yep. like big, big timber country, the wind isn't out of no. the South, right? It isn't out of the wet. It's doing something weird and you have to adjust to it. Exactly. Right? And so that is, dude, that's all I think about, man. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm with you on that as far as the visualization goes. And actually we were, that was actually one of our topics in our, my health class the other day. And I was using 
hunting and shooting your bow as, as an example and everything like that too, because we were talking about like stress management techniques and how visualization does that and how you could run through things in your mind and create success. And I'm, I'm like, again, when I was coaching, I would always even say like to the kids, like, just know you're going to get that bad hop at whatever you're playing at third base at, at one of the fields. And we know third base has a bad hop. Like you're going to get one off the chest. You're going to be late with your throw and that player is going to be safe. Well then guess what? You get that next hop, the next hitter comes up and you're able to turn to double play, right? Like, like visualize yeah. all those different things. And I'm the same way with you as far as that. And, you know, you brought up like the East wind thing. I remember the last couple of years of doing like podcasts and it would get brought up a little bit, but man, Dan, this past year, I've talked to more individuals about killing and having success and how important that East win is during that November timeframe, because it's a short window that, that kind of comes like through like Jake Hofer from Exodus. He was one that when we, we talked about it and literally it was the East win and he killed his Illinois. And then I think, I don't know about his Iowa buck with it when he got his non-resident tag, but when he did, he did kill his Illinois uh, nice buck with, with an East wind, which is kind of crazy to, to, to hear. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think the first person who really ever brought it up in conversation was Mark Drury when we were talking to him about uh, on the Wired to Hunt podcast yeah. all those years ago. And he was like, well, first South wind, the first South wind after a spell of, well, I'll even take it a step further and say it's it's every time the wind changes. So if you have three days uh, west wind and then it goes east, deer are going to be moving. They're going to be repositioning. Uh, you got a north wind for three days, five days. Then it's a uh, south wind. Deer are going to move. If you have five straight days of south winds, so it's in my opinion, it's not only just it's not just a south wind. It's any time you're coming off of a consistent wind whether that's West, Northwest, maybe it'll change a little bit, but if it's predominant out of the West or North or something like that, then you get like all of a sudden a big 360 out of the Southeast or Southwest. Their deer, deer are going to be repositioning the new bedding areas. I mean, so while, while I brought that up and while it's fresh in my mind, like the reason I'm not a big fan of hunting a specific buck bed or even bedding areas in general is because in the Midwest, if there is a big wind shift, deer are not coming back to the same beds mm -hmm. on a North wind as they are in a South wind. They're, they're repositioning to different uh, bedding areas all the time. Right. And man, I I've seen, I've seen deer bed down in non bedding areas, just because the wind is right there, they'll find some thicket or some little cover or even a single cedar tree in a CRP field, get right up underneath of it. And that's where they're, that's where they're at. There's no other cover around them. And if, if a guy took his time, he could, he could pick them out, but the wind and I, I don't know, man, it's just yeah. like, like hunting bedding areas to me is, third or fourth yeah i'm with you on on that one and if you know so we're talking about wind a little bit about bedding areas and stuff like that any trends that you notice like through social media through your friends any trends this past year that kind of jump out to you at all that, that you noticed either people were doing or had success on certain things anything along those lines for this past year because you talked to a lot of people so that that's a good i think you so here here's the trend that i see and specifically during archery season or like you don't hear it too many, like you don't hear this coming out of the gun yeah. community, the guys who are, you know, who may, may just be the gun hunter type. I think bow hunters like to bitch quite a bit. Yeah. Right. And they complain, Oh, it's too hot for the rut. Like this, like that, like that. Like, and so the trend is that I've, I noticed is if things aren't going right, bow hunters are trying to find something to blame their lack of success <laughs> on, yeah. right? It's too hot. I don't have the right winds. I got pressure, you know, like all the, they, they, meanwhile, gun hunters come in, they're like, uh, no, I'm going to sit here. I'm going to blast a deer yeah. from a hundred, 120 yards away. I'm going to load him in my truck and I'm going to go home. Yeah. Right. Like, like bow hunters complain all the time. And I'm guilty of that too, man. I, I complain. I'm just like, God, it's too hot. I, I could really use, you know, a big cold front to come through or, Oh man, look at these, look at that guy's combining over there or, or, you know, this guy's running cattle or, Oh, there's another hunter over here. Oh man, my night's over. And so 
uh, like that's the trend in the social media. It's like going through my Instagram stories and I'm just like, this guy's complaining, this guy's complaining, this guy's <laughs> complaining. And, 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 and really it's like the deer are still doing deer Deers, things. You yeah. just, you just got to go find them. Yeah. I'm with you on that one. Anything new that, that you uh, did this year, as far as like, you know, any experience is new. Like last year you got bit in the hand by a nice little dog, you know, <laughs> like <laughs> any, any new experiences, any new gear that you really enjoyed using this year? Man, every, I, I'm to the age now and uh, where I'm at in my hunting career, where I am just so happy yeah. to be able to do this. Yeah. Right? I'm just like, man, you, you didn't, you, you understand because you're in it. Everybody listening understands because they're in it, but my wife will never understand it. Cause she, she's only in it because of me, but she doesn't, she'll never understand it. Like the, my friends who don't hunt, they'll never understand it of how much fun it is to sit in a tree and just watch nature go by. It is the ultimate reality television show. And I just love being outside. I love hunting. I love shooting my bow like that. This, this bow hunting lifestyle that I've chosen and, and soon to be muzzleloader, right? So I, cause I bought a <laughs> muzzleloader too. So I'm, you know, expanding my range basically is it's just something I think about all the time and I want my kids to be involved in it. And, and, and I'm just blessed to be able you know, I, I hate that I'm blessed Yeah, because I really feel like if you're blessed, that means there's some other power that it has given you what you want. And in reality, success comes from, from working hard at something, mm -hmm. right? Having guts and whether you're, you know, uh, a mule deer hunter who has to climb to 13,000 feet, you know, or you're uh, a guy who's hunted. 25 days in a row to try to kill a buck or whatever the case may be. Like, I, I don't believe in like, I, this is going to sound weird, but I don't believe in praying mm -hmm. and saying, dear Lord, send me a big buck, please. I don't believe in that. I believe in a lot. Dear Lord, let me be healthy. Right. So I can go out and oppose like, put my will down exactly. on mother nature. Right. And so I, I know that's may sound a little weird or off on conversation, but that's what I, that's what I just, I don't know, man. I'm with you now. That, yeah. So I don't, I don't know how to end that sentence. Yeah. 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 No, no, no. I, under, I understand where you're coming from for that. You know, I, I think back to this past season and the morning that I uh, tagged out in, in Pennsylvania with my buck tag, that was a, a sit was my first time in that area. It was the first hunt that I officially had in that area, especially with the bow. And I just remember the, the yellows, the oranges, the reds of mm -hmm. the trees. And like you said, the, the, the sun, that just that morning I could taste it. I could smell it. I could see it. Mm -hmm. And then the next one was the, my last morning in Ohio. And that one was, uh, I went into the same tree. I left my, my predator platform, I left everything in the tree and I just climbed up and, and got back in it the next morning. And that morning, Dan, it was like a purple pinkish. Uh, I, I'm not a big field hunting type guy, but where deer were moving into this pinch point of the corner, I was just tucked into the timber there off of this trail. And, and I, I saw some, some, the two biggest bucks ever hunting wise uh, on their feet. And it was just such a morning and, Again, that, that that is a, a first, and for me, a, of waking up and, and seeing that uh, with with, uh, with just that magical colors of the sun in the morning, and just hearing the sounds yeah. and different sounds too from what I'm used to. Like normally, it's you know you might hear tractor trailers and all that type of stuff. Like depending on where you're at and on the public land here, whereas there it was you know like you said uh, uh, farm machinery you could hear different farm an animals and it was just such a unique and uh, something that I'll I'll cherish and I, I hopefully next year I, I get a chance to do that again dude i heard a i heard a turkey gobble in november that was yep, the first same, for me same here in ohio that was that was yeah. uh, uh the one one morning it was my second 
second morning in Ohio and they were just going hammering off the roofs. So I was like, ah, I might have to buy a fall turkey tag because uh, I, I wouldn't shy away from that. But um, yeah, I, I, it was just every, every hunt this year was just something magical and, and I took it in as an experience. And I love that every single year I rate my success by something different. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and how, and I think that's important too. Oh, absolutely, man. The, the kill is the cherry on top. Yeah. That's really all it is. Uh, I don't know, man. It, like they say, man, it's not, uh, it's not the destination. It's the journey. Yeah. Uh, that's cliche, but it's the truth, man, because the journey is what makes you who you are. It, it, the destination. And I don't know if he, for hunting, if you ever really reach a destination, maybe when you die, right. Or, yeah. or you're so old and decrepit that you can't even get into a tree stand anymore. And then the, the, the destination is you sitting on a rocking chair, watching your grandchildren and your maybe great grandchildren show you pictures or pull up to the driveway with a big buck in the bed and, and, or walking through your living room or sitting on your couch and looking at all, all your mounts and the destination is really just reflection on all the past seasons that you've had and life is, man, it is, is doing so many kick-ass things when you have the ability to do it, spending time with the people that you love and who you can um, relate to and, and just like put together. Cause my buddy growing up, his, his, parents house they had a sign in his bathroom so anytime i'd go into his bathroom to uh, take a piss there's this sign right above his toilet and it says something along the i'm gonna i'm not gonna get it right but it's like you're not supposed to pull in to heaven with like this perfect body and perfect health you know and say oh my life was you're supposed to basically just slide in scars broken bones uh and basically just saying dude that was one hell of a ride yeah right and, and that's how you're supposed to live your life and so that's my goal is to try to get as much of that in and be a good dad and and like the hunting is is my wild ride being with my family is a wild definitely a wild ride <laughs> and just trying to be and that, that's why on the nine finger chronicles podcast i always end the show with like just good vibes, man, because yeah. positive energy goes a long way. And even in, even in the days, and I don't even know where, why we're talking about this now. I think you asked me a question about deer hunting, <laughs> but, but like positive energy and, and trying to stay, stay calm and positive in very stressful and negative situations. Right. Cause one thing that I notice in life is when, a very stressful situation hits a group of people. If you panic, if you uh, go negative, then that shows, then the other people go around you go negative. Correct. If you remain calm and you remain positive and you are cool, calm and collective in this moment, whatever this pressure, you know, high pressure moment may be, everybody else around you seems to start to be positive start to be so it's basically this gigantic snowball effect that it you just spread positive energy and so you have a choice man you can be negative and you can promote negative energy or you can be positive and promote positive energy and life is just better i mean the best you know like if life makes you know they say if life makes you lemon lemons make lemonade but i i switch it up a little bit i go if if life hands you a shit sandwich eat it with a smile on your face because there's literally nothing you can do about it. Exactly. Are you looking to improve your hunts? Well, look no further than using trophy tracks. A hunter's journal enables hunters to maintain a record of hunting information in real time or post hunt, including the date, time, location, and weather conditions. By using trophy tracks and integrating trail cam pictures, hunters can identify patterns in animal activity over time, helping them predict the best hunting opportunities utilizing trophy tracks hunters can keep an unlimited number of journal entries ranging from scouting trips to live hunt records preserving each of their hunting experiences and check it out over at trophytracks.com 
I, you know, Dan, that is huge. And that is, that was a big coaching metaphor that I always used to like to say, like when, you know, the hard part about coaching young adults is when, you know, not everybody gets to play. Right. And at, at some point in time, those individuals were really good, but how can you, how can you accept the fact that like, maybe you're not starting today or the first couple games, but then what can you do to better yourself that mm-hmm. you could either change that model, right? Like how, how yeah. can you put like where you are, I don't want to say worthy, but like that you're good enough now to get that chance or get that opportunity or something along those lines and not be a ca- a distraction because what yeah. ends up happening is, especially for baseball, when you have a team of, you know, 17 players or 18 plus players and there's only nine spots where people could play. Maybe one is a DH. So now 10 players are in the lineup technically and there's seven other people on the bench. How can that, like I've seen it, how could where one person is just that snowball effect and then there's that little click and they're like, well, I'm not playing. Well, yeah. Okay. Well, well, yeah, you're not playing either. Yeah. You should be playing. And it just, like you said, that negativity just, mm-hmm. it, it could catch like, like wildfire, but you see that too on, in, in every social media outlet, like hunting, non hunting things. Uh, and it, it, man, it, it sometimes could, it could suck the life out of people. And like you said, if you could just have patience and have that resilience of, of to be more positive, that's why I love surrounding I, I'm a big proponent in surrounding yourself uh, with good people. Even like you said, even if you're, you know, you have a core small group of great, great friends, but you're surrounded by other individuals where you could catch up with, say a few words, maybe you're not connected to a certain situation and you get a perspective from them that it will help you out. That is, yeah. that is huge. Man, I going like bringing it back to deer hunting. And, and this is going to translate into how I talk to my daughter, mm-hmm. but um, she was struggling with wrestling saying, I'm not good. I'm not good. And this is only the beginning of her second year right. of wrestling. And she goes to a really hard wrestling club. I mean, it is like watching her practices. I, I'm like, uh, I'm glad that's not me in there. Right. <laughs> yeah. And so, but guess what? She struggled her first couple tournaments. She's now been in this club for a couple months now and she went and she beat a girl this past weekend who was, you know, got second in a really major tournament the previous year. Okay. And so just like I I told her, I go, Hey, sweetheart, my favorite thing to do is deer hunt. But did you know that it took me 10 years of deer hunting in order to like know what I know now and be on this role where, so I filled my Iowa archery tag every year since 2016. Okay. Knock on wood. I don't jinx myself, but, but, but everybody's like, Oh, Dan Johnson, he, he shot, you know, he shoots, shoots a good buck every year. Actually I shot a good buck every year for the last eight years. But for the previous 10 years, I shot some deer, but man, I also put my tag in a drawer somewhere. And so it took me 10 years to be proficient, to understand, to understand deer movement, to understand their behavior, to understand like wind, time of year. I mean, there's so many layers to this onion that we're talking about here. And you have to have patience. Yeah right? Greatness and success does not come in one deer season. And then in in 2016, after, see, 2014, didn't fill my tag, 2015, no, 2013, 2014, 2015, three years in a row, didn't fill my tag, didn't fill my tag in seven, eight, filled it in nine, didn't fill it in 10 or 11, filled it in 12, uh, and then 13, 14, 15 didn't fill my tag. Right. And so then in 2016 is when I really went into the process of like we, what we talked about earlier. Yep. And I was just like, slow down, be observant, do your off season stuff, be prepared, focus, visualize, go through the steps. And it just kind of clicked for me in 2016 after, you know, 10 years of, of serious hunting. 
I love that. Serious hunting. Yeah. yeah. I love that, Dan. So kind of to, to wrap things up a little bit, we're, we're, we're in the thick of things right before Christmas. So December, you're getting ready to still muzzle, get out with the muzzle loader and everything like that. You know, if, how many hunts do you plan on doing that? And then what, like, what, what is next for Dan Johnson as far as like once hunting season rolls around? I, I honestly don't know how much I'm going to get out for muzzleloader, right? I have one deer on my mind. It's the buck that I shot and did not kill. Okay. You know, I had, I had buck fever. I blew the shot uh, during archery season. That buck is still alive. He still has all his points. He hasn't broken anything off. He's still running around the farm that I have. And so I'm hoping for about two foot of snow. And then I'm going to go, uh, late season in in Iowa starts December 18th. Okay. So that's when I can go. My wife has shown interest in in coming muzzleloader hunting with me this year. So I have to sight in the muzzleloader and, uh, and all, and, uh, get it set up for her as well as me. So we'll be able to share the same weapon. And then, and then just, it's going to be hard to go hunting during the Christmas period because kids are off school yeah, and, and my wife has to work. So that just means that either I'm taking kids with me somewhere or I am, um, I'm taking kids with me or I, I'm just going to have to find the right days to go out and get the job done. Uh, and then after that, it's just nose to the ground business and just going as hard as I possibly can. Like once the hunting season is over, that's when I, that is when I just switch gears and I'm sitting in this chair all day long and, and doing business stuff. Yeah. Before we, before we get off, I I do want you to give a, a shameless plug for the full sneak gear. Like what is that? And all that type of stuff. Yeah, man. Full sneak gear is just a an idea that popped into my head and I crunched the numbers and it's just like for like start to start this business it was fairly low like the shoot I'm forgetting the word the the capital needed to start this business was fairly low so I I started an apparel company I, for those of you who are watching the video of this uh, wherever that lands this is one of the t-shirts full sneak gear right now i have one two three four five six six t-shirts the nine finger chronicles hat a stocking cap within the next week and a half two weeks i should have another t-shirt another crew neck hoodie another blaze orange stocking cap and i got some kick ass dude I'm going to have to show it to you. Um, I got some kick-ass t-shirt designs coming. And the reason I started this company was because, like, until recently, there hasn't been a lot of, like, cool yeah. design like designs. It's always been, like, a European mount, almost looking like kind of a, an affliction t-shirt yeah. type, you know, type deal. <laughs> and so I, I wanted to change, uh, change that up a little bit. And so I wanted to put it, you know, some unique – life like almost build like a lifestyle brand for guys who are serious about deer hunting, hunting deer dude yeah i like that oh my gosh the affliction just brings you back <laughs> yeah yeah oh man dan i appreciate you so much for everything that you do for for me and and the antler up podcast being on the sportsman's empire really means a lot and i always enjoy talking with you and man i always love tuning in and just seeing what what's happening in your world and dude i appreciate it so obviously if, if you're listening to my podcast, I'm for damn sure. I hope you are already already listening to Dan over on the, uh, on the sportsman's empire. So check it out, Dan, anything, any last words, any closing remarks? Hey man, it's just, uh, I, I always try to end on a positive note. And so like, this is going to sound weird coming from a hunting podcast, but it's like, know that if you're struggling in life, whether you have, you know, maybe your car didn't start something very small or you're going through something major, whether it's an illness or a sickness, positive energy wins every single time. And so just try to stay as positive as possible, even if it's in the most negative situations and you'll come out. All right, man. Yeah. Uh, even, even when the outcome 
seems bleak and very bad for you, just know that you have two options. You can do it positive or you can do it negative. And I think we all know what the better option is. Yeah, no doubt. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Antler up. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Antler Up podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Please go check us out on our Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and Go Wild and at antlerupoutdoors.com. If you enjoyed this episode, go leave a review and subscribe for next week's episode. Until then, Antler Up.